Hey everyone, and welcome to an event for life with Brad Cox and Shane Buzzer. I'm Brad. And I'm Shane. An event for life is the podcast where we take you on a journey through eventful lives of inspirational event leaders from around the world. That's right, Brad. We'll be sharing their stories, impact, and insight into the complex world of events. So if you like these stories, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your mates. This is An Event for Life. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to An Event for Life. Um, we thought we'd uh, kick things off with a little uh, intro into Shane and myself to, to get to know us a little bit better. So uh, without further ado, would you please welcome my little co-host here. Hello, Buzz. Shane, Buzzer, Buzzer. What are we calling you, mate? You can call me Buzz, but I like the reference to my little co-host. Uh, do, do we get into that? No, we won't no, get into that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not go down there. We, we just got started. Exactly. Hey, this is a sort of a bit of a, a pre-first episode um, as you sort of go episode. What are we going to talk about today, mate? Oh, look, I, we could probably talk about how this all started. I mean, how cool that we're, we're here, you know, where the two of us have been doing events for so bloody long and, you know, it's good to kind of bring amazing people that we've met over over the years. But remember when it all started, as in uh, this whole look, podcast? I, I remember and, part of it. We were sitting in a whiskey bar and yes, uh, we, we started with one and ended up with I don't know how many, but uh, no, we, uh, we talked about the concept of sort of telling inspiring stories and it's just typical you know we were standing around the bar having a yeah. chat about everybody in the industry and then thought we could really uh get these stories out there and let a few people know sort of who's out there what what's happening uh give them a little bit of education and inspiration along the way but um yeah no i'm, I'm pretty excited for what we've got in store and, and here we are and i guess what we wanted to do in this this part here is just you know give the audience a bit of an insight into the two of us so i'm going to jump straight into it here and ask you a couple of questions oh, so look at it. i'm a bit nervous yeah i know i haven't just, seen any of this no but that's okay <laughs> just just stay with me okay right so on. we'll start off Go so on. i mean this whole podcast is about the events world but the events world isn't really well wasn't the plan was it i mean am i right in saying that you were originally a bean counter or an accountant for anyone who maybe isn't in Australia listening to this? Uh, unfortunately, yes, you are correct to some degree. I, uh, I thought I'd uh, enter the, the world through business, so to speak, or my professional life and uh, accounting came easy, but uh, I did that for a few years and then saw a great big train coming towards me. Fell asleep? Is that what happened? Oh, mate, I was sitting in an office in a suit and tie looking out a window wearing the same thing every day. I went, this is not for me. I was bored as I could uh, come across. It was good skills. Don't get me wrong. I learned a lot and it was a great little start into the world of business and still use them to this day because as we know, you know, event professionals are very multi-skilled and so the finance stuff's sort of come very easy for me. But uh, yes, no, I got away from that and uh, I was I was already dabbling in theatre on the side. So that's sort okay. of, that was the initial intro. Well, before we bore the audience with yeah. your, your accounting stories. Yeah, no, um, that's all I've ever done. <laughs> so, you know, you, you obviously got caught up in the events world at some stage and you know, at a really strategic level, especially in the times I've worked with you and, and what I know of your, your history, you know, working senior management roles at TA at a pretty you know, relatively young age and tennis australia for everyone and doesn't know the abbreviation to ta but that's all right keep sorry. going sorry yep nice one thank you thanks producers too <laughs> uh i mean you know the, the corporate space that, that that's been your sweet spot yep. really um and from my angle where, where your love is and especially last at large m major events is that always kind of was that the way for you yeah, I think so. I, I just fell into it in some ways. I mean, I had a love for music. Um, I had a love for theatre, obviously. And then sort of coming into corporate events in particular and then being able to apply the sort of the theatrical showcraft and mm. production techniques that I'd learned in that world into, into the, the business world. And then that sort of ended up then down at major events. So things like Tennis Australia and the Australian Open and, and those major ones and just being able to transform um, events. And I think that's probably 
you know, where that strategic direction and that love come from. So sort of taking something from where it was to then be able to, you know, sort of work out its journey of where it needed to get to and then sort of formulate that process. And, and yeah, I ended up just throwing a lot of show craft, particularly early in the days. In my younger days, I learned that stuff pretty quick and uh, and it made a difference and so I loved it and that's sort of where the journey began. Strategic. That's why you make the big bucks. It's all strategic. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, and then, look, if we fast forward quite a bit, uh, yep. you know, shitty lockdown, but it led to <laughs> events masterclass for you and, you know, you're now taking that overseas and look, from from my perspective, no one's really surprised that you've gone down this path, but it takes a lot of balls to completely change your direction like that. So what, what inspired events masterclass oh i'll give you the uh elevator story of it rather than the long winter one but yeah look lockdown was probably the biggest catalyst but probably before that i um i had a major major mental breakdown or physical breakdown um way back in 2018 the end of 2018 where my body and brain just completely shut down i was overworked i just i burnt the candle at both ends way too far beyond than i ever thought was possible um, and so I wanted to change direction and get off the tools, so to speak, and, and stop producing and, uh, as much and traveling as much. Um, and as a result, I thought, well, I, was, I, I loved seeing young people develop and the industry develop and um, in new event professionals coming in. So I wanted to be able to help them. And that's sort of where Events Masterclass came from. It was all about a way for me to be able to you know, share my skills and, and things that I'd learned and my knowledge from sort of that 20-year producing uh, period into being able to give that back to others and and see them shine and prosper and just de- and still develop events at the same time. Yeah. So I've been able to you know sort of work with these events and these companies to to still continue to develop it, but working with their people rather than actually working on it. I mean, I I can really vouch for that with my staff. Some of my staff, you know, as you know, have have jumped in and and taken some of the lessons. But like, w- what is it exactly? What what are they learning? Uh, by taking events masterclass yeah so events masterclass the covid iteration of events masterclass was very much an online course so sort of you know learning how to build your career to develop skill sets to understand how to put events together from you know the creation to um the the management to the delivery and and the whole process from sort of start to finish um that was the first iteration and we've just launched um the second iteration of it which is very much more um still the online courses but we've got a lot more online courses now and we're starting to build those out so things like stage management uh venue ops budgets and finance you talk about my accounting stuff before so there's now yeah, a little nice. mini course on that are you doing most of it yourself or do you have a bit of help now uh, a little bit of help yeah so there's a few people involved <laughs> now as it's sort of starting to grow um doing a lot more sort of speaking and workshops and working with teams yeah, um right. and that more hands-on stuff which is where most of my time is now spent um, and yeah, and into the world of uh, speaking as well, funnily enough, which again, I never thought I'd end up down that path, but uh, really enjoying that. So that's sort of where it is now and, and hopefully over the next uh, certainly short-term future. Yeah, nice one. Righto. You've done me. Yeah. It's time for you, mate. That, that so, was pretty. That was good. I'm a bit nervous. So I'm not going to top that. Because <laughs> come on, I didn't think I'd go anywhere near that. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to try and scare everyone as we as we start off. But let's talk about where you started in this industry. Is it true your original start in the world of events was a charity fundraiser in Toronto, Canada, where you <laughs> ended up stripping to raise money? Please explain. Oh, look. Yeah. Is the, <laughs> yes, is the answer to that. And uh, oh, I shit. won't tell you where I got that information, but anyway, keep going. Oh, look, I don't really hide it from anyone <laughs> it's been part of my you're proud of it oh, i'm very proud of it. Well, I, was, I was in good nick back then um yeah it was 2009 um i was wow living an absolute fantasy world of a life in toronto and uh 
oh, look, without getting into it too much, one thing led to another and I suddenly found myself, um, after an all-nighter, by the way, rocking up to a photo shoot, getting my gear, or not my gear off, sorry, my top off, <laughs> photo shoot, uh, became part of the promo for this charity event that we did, which actually ended up all over Toronto. As you know, rock posters style yeah. that you have? Yeah. I didn't know they were going to oh, do that. Oh, you plastered all over town. Yeah, it was, it was, it was in the city. Have you still got any? No, I oh know. I've I've got the original <laughs> photo, of course. Oh, you know the the pictures and look back and go, shit, that was good times. But um, no, I did that and it was a lot of fun. And I look back, I I, I didn't even have a run sheet or anything. I, I had no idea what I was doing, and I was, it, for me, it was just a bit of fun. And it was like a full Monty style where me and a few other Aussies I knew we auctioned ourselves off as dates and did a little oh, wow. show on stage. And uh, yeah, and all the money went from that went towards a, a charity in toronto to be honest i actually can't remember what the charity was <laughs> i think You're it was so caught pe- up in your own space a little bit yeah it was like energy or i don't know some shit but um, it's the cause that mattered mate it was a great way to meet a couple of women on the, anyway, anyway oh, next right. question let's keep moving along well after that how could you not fall in love <laughs> with the industry hey you came back to melbourne and started in venue operations at melbourne park which so we sort of crossed over i think we were sort of slightly yeah, different briefly. periods but yeah. Um, but you focused then on producing corporate events in particular. Um, what made you decide this was going to be your life? Because I assume it wasn't stripping in, in Canada that probably said this is for me forever. No, I, I probably put on a bit of weight and I couldn't do more. <laughs> but uh, no, look, I, 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 you know, as you say, did some work with Melbourne Park. Um, forever thankful to Kathy Ashton for giving me an opportunity. Yeah, uh, good friend of ours. Yeah, yeah, she's beautiful. And she, um, she, she saw something in me and, and provided me with an opportunity in the corporate space, which is not really my, my sweet spot, but um, I gave it a go. And the, the learnings from that experience through through Kathy, through Amanda Walker, who was one of my managers there, the work ethic and the attention to detail. And just to, I mean, I got my hands dirty while, while I was there, which was not the norm in that environment, uh, in, in the role I was doing. But I learned so many great people. I, you know, really had a lot of soundboards at Melbourne Park too. Um, and it was, I, I didn't really want to leave Melbourne Park, but at the same time, it was a great, I guess, somewhat, a bit of an initiation, but I wanted to branch out and see more. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, the world of event operations is particularly probably your forte. Um, one of the go-to guys I would say now with, you know, the work you do with Blue Event Productions and your team down there that you've built from the ground up. I really like your no bullshit approach to get your hands dirty, which you just referenced about. You're hardworking and solutions in simplifying events to get the job done. I'm curious, have these always been personality traits that you you know have now carried over into your work and what you guys do down at Blue? Uh, I guess, like unintentionally, yes. Um, it's, it's always been what I love to do, which is get my hands dirty. And by that, I mean, you know, help people unload the trucks or set up whatever we're setting up or lay the carpets down or whatever it is. But I, I like to lead, love to lead. You know, I love to have a team around me, but I can't stand and point. And that's been one of my little expressions, I guess, is don't stand and point. It's just not my jam. And um, yeah, I, I've, I mean, that's no other real way to answer that in that, yeah, I just like to really be part of the of the creation, I guess, and be part of the team. Maybe there's a bit of FOMO. I don't want to miss out. I want to be a part of it all. And I guess that's sort of where I'm going with event, you know, Blue Event Productions in particular. You know, you guys are very much that event management, producing side of things and doing all the paperwork, but you're still getting down 
you know, in, in amongst it with all the guests and, and with all your supplies and doing the hard physical work at the same time, you know, as opposed to sort of having a, a separate entity sort of run that. So it's it's from full planning to execution in its truest form. Yeah, you're right. And um, there isn't much we say no to. Uh, but I guess as far as the business model when I started, uh, I just wanted to be an event, a team of event producers who had skill sets across the board, but were also able to be a part of the implementation of not just the the theoretical and the planning but the operational elements as well and and with my team that i now have and i feel i've really led led through example of showing them the work ethic that's required and to our detriment sometimes to be honest you know we we go above and beyond but it is what it is we we get it done um but it's as you say the no bullshit approach that's something that i really wanted to carry because it's me as a personality it's it's just not Look, I'd, I'd talk about Melbourne Park and not really wanting to leave. Um, I just wasn't really cut. Gelling in, I, the, I, I in wasn't, the corporate space? <laughs> I, I wasn't cut to be a part of, of that environment as, as great as it was. And I mean, look how awesome it is now. I love going there and I still see some old old mates and got along, but I just didn't yeah. really fit the the, per, the the type, I guess. And um, yeah, which is what's led me to now be my own boss because that way I, I can swear and uh, wear shorts like you <laughs> to and, and nobody minds. So yeah. All right, so is that enough on me? Because I yeah, yeah I think that's I'm enough. Getting a bit nervous. Yeah, yeah that's all right. So that's all right. I haven't got any other anything else there for you. We could talk about it for ages, but let's not do that. No, that's okay. I'm going to jump into some rapid fire questions for oh, you. I think you out. got a couple for me. But yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, go and, on. You go first. And we don't know each other's questions here. All right. So my first one. All right. So first rapid fire question: Who's the most famous person you've directly addressed or spoken to in a meeting? Oh, that's a tough one, mate, uh, straight off the bat. Uh, my memory is terrible, but uh, look, we'll go with the first thing that comes into my mind, and I'm sure I'll think of someone else later. But uh, General Peter Cosgrove, or the Governor oh, yeah. General Peter Cosgrove, so who used to be the Governor General of Australia. So for those that are not in Australia and don't understand uh, who the Governor General is, he's effectively above our Prime Minister, reports into the, the King. Real, the real deal. The real yeah. deal, yeah. But he's this big commanding presence guy in uniform, uh, and he came in and we had to brief him for an event once and, yeah, I was like, oh, he's standing right in front of me. I better not mess this up. But uh, there's been a couple of others uh, along the way. Um, funnily enough, not like celebrity entertainers. They've probably been more the yeah. the corporate sort of guys. The, 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 can I answer one more? I told you I'd think oh, of one more. Sure. So okay. There's a, <laughs> um, the the king of Qatar effectively. Um, oh, wow. He's, he's smaller than me. Now, I'm only 168 centimetres tall, so I'm, I'm little, but this guy's tiny. And talking about command presence, everyone stands with their hands behind their back as he walks past, and he's a scary, scary little man. So, But lovely. But yeah. I tell you what, every, everyone was petrified of him. Look, anyway, I wasn't expecting either of those. That, that, that's not bad. Okay, second one. What's your answer if and when your kids come up to you and they say you want to work in events? Sure, I guess. No, <laughs> look, I've always been... I believe I, I would support the kids in anything they want to do. Um, you know, I've got two young kids and, you know, one of them's probably going down, not necessarily going down a, uh, the events path, but certainly the entertainment path at the moment. Very, very interested in that space. Um, and I've got the other one who just loves having a party. So they both oh, could end up go. down there. So yeah, who knows? But uh, no, I support them in anything they want to do. So, you know, I'd probably try and advise them where I can uh, on the things that I've learned along the way. I bet. Yeah, nice. There you go. Is that it? That's all you got? That, two. Yeah, that's right, all. I'm going to give you two oh, That then. was gentle. Come on. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was pretty easy. That was all right. I was worried there because I never know what's going to come out of your mouth. So anyway, right. I'm going to come straight back at you then. Okay. AFL football 
and the and Carlton Football Club, yeah, or come on, and your Carlton Football Club, along with music, are your two loves. So Carlton Footy Club and music. If you had to choose a Carlton Premiership or spending a week on tour with the Foo Fighters, what would you choose? Um. Oh, that's brutal. That's <laughs> fucking brutal. Sorry. Um, I'd well, go Foo the business, Fighters. Decisions. Foo Fighters. Yeah, I'd go Foo Fighters. Um, you know, they're, they're yeah. Do I really need to explain? You know, why? It's, just, it's Foo Fighters. Yep, that's my answer. Right, Dave Grohl. Done. Moving yep. on. Jeez, you won't be popular down at Carlton. Anyway, next one. Sunday is known as Vinyl Sundays at your place. <laughs> yeah. And you can reference your Instagram if anyone wants to find that. What's your go-to karaoke song to belt out to your neighbours? Please tell me it's or... Nickelback. Oh, fuck, Nickelback. <laughs> no, uh, no offence, Nickelback fans, no, but it is not Nickelback. Um, what is it? Oh, this is going to shock you. I love Love Shack karaoke. Oh, wow. Love it. That is not what I thought Oh, wait, wait, say. wait, no, let me answer no, let me answer that again. Okay, know, go on. No. Faith, George Michael. Oh, Faith. All right. See, I had two for one. You can have two for another. Yeah, so no, George between the two. Yep, done. Love it, love it. Hey, mate, uh, I'm really excited about uh, getting into this season and eventful life in general. So it's uh, it's there's some great you know interviews we've got lined up and a lot coming forward. So um, yeah, can't wait to get into it with you and uh, looking forward to the journey as we dive in and hopefully all our listeners are, are on board with us and enjoy the the stories as they. Uh, continue to roll out. Yeah, and I just hope that people listening, they take a lot from this, you know, because it's not an educational piece per se, but just to learn about our, our listeners and the industry and how it all morphs together and the weird and wonderful, you know, oh, opportunities, incidents, whatever you want to call them, but uh, that's what we want to share. The, yeah, absolutely amazing. So, no, looking forward to it. Um, there's, a, there's a lot on the long list, uh, both season one and, and hopefully beyond that, but uh, very much looking forward to it. If we can afford you for season two. Oh, mate, he's up. So it goes the same way for you. So, no, I look forward to it and uh, here we go. Cool.